Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Suzanne. And we are best friends and business partners who understand how our lives and our work are intertwined. And we talk about the challenges that are up for us because just like you, we're trying to get better all the time. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. This is our second show of the new season. And if you didn't listen to our first show, um, I recommend that you do because this is a two-part series. The first show was about when to take action, and today we're going to be talking about when to hold back. So we really do recommend that you go back. You can listen to both shows in either order, but it really is a a bookend. So just to recap what we talked about in the last show was about when to pull the trigger. And, And Rachel, I would say that the big takeaways were that when you find the moment to take action, usually it it's follows a period of time where you were leading up to that by talking to people, by kind of softening the soil and making yourself accountable for the action you're about to take. And then you take it. And we talked a lot about that. And that that's a good thing. It is. And And today we're talking about its opposite, especially in this country, in today's culture. The idea of doing nothing is a sign of sloth, of weakness, right, of holding back, of not having courage. And that's not how we see it at all. And in fact, the older I get, the more I see the power of doing nothing. And I see it as a sign of maturity, of strategy, of intentional inaction. So let's just look at the difference between the childlike impulsiveness of Donald Trump and his tweets, which are nothing more than his trigger-happy, unintentional, unstrategic actions, and Robert Mueller, who incredibly has said nothing. There are no leaks coming out because they're not saying anything. They're not responding to any of the provocations, nothing, and we're counting on that. And it is such a source of stability. And more and more people are looking at Robert Mueller as the daddy, and Donald Trump as like the wailing baby in the corner. Yeah. That's what what intentional inaction looks like. Right. So today we're going to be talking about the reasons to do nothing 
and the times and almost the micro moments when it's a good idea. So that's what we're talking about today. And if you've listened to the last show, you'll hear that we're putting in a couple of new segments. So you hear, you'll hear those later in the show. We're really excited about them. But we do want your feedback, not just on the new segments, but on the show. So that's really important to us. So rate us, review us. Give us feedback. Um, you know, it's hard with Rachel on the show. And and I know that I get a lot of fan <laughs> mail and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Rachel could use some improvement. So if you, if you do want to rate and review, you can send stuff to both of us, just to me. You can post on our Facebook feed. Um, there are lots of ways to reach us. So uh, we look forward to hearing that and hearing from you. So let's talk about the power of holding back what it looks like concretely and in our lives. Um, Okay. The easiest examples are in meetings. Okay. It used to be in meetings, Suzanne. Actually, you and I in meetings were deadly because we did not hold back at all. Remember? Remember the meeting? I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm about to remember. Yes. Where we were passing notes back and forth while um, that – uh, company Matter was making a presentation. <gasps> oh God! Oh. I look back. I think about that a lot. Where we were just laughing and teasing and not and you know interjecting um, oh. because we were the smartest people in the room. Yes. So why not? Why hold yes. back? Why not let everyone know what we thought? All the time about every single thing. We were in a hotel. It was like yep. a, in a hotel downstairs, conference room downstairs. In a, like a basement. And then someone called us on it. What's happening now, and it really is about maturity, is – and actually, this is interesting. So you know there's this old trick when you feel as if you have to talk in a meeting, you have to get your point across, that you are supposed to write it down on a piece of paper. Just write it down. It's miraculous how that works. You know what's really interesting about that? In contrast, I was at a big meeting this week, and you weren't there. Maybe that was the difference. It wasn't you and me, but it was me and another guy that I'm working with on a, on a project. And that is what I did. Now, this is probably 15 years later, yeah. right? I was listening to some back and forth. And as opposed to just saying the thing that was on my mind or nod, nod, wink, wink, elbowing him, I wrote down exactly what I was thinking. And I very innocuously slipped it to him quietly. Right. And even if you just write it for yourself, the fact is you're worried that the reason that you don't hold back is the following. It's some form of ego, you know, jutting out. Okay. I'm afraid they're not going to pay attention to me. I'm afraid that I'm not, I'm going to lose this thought that this smart, smart, smart thing that I have to say will go unnoticed. Um, Why else would you act when you shouldn't be acting. Just self-preservation. Oh, right. If yeah. Right. Just, in defending. case you're de- – Exactly. Yeah, de- a form right. of defense, which, by the way, you're defending what? Your ego. Yeah. It's really all yeah. about your ego. And this is – look, the other big vehicle for this is email. I mean, how many times do you send the email you shouldn't have sent, whether it's for personal reasons, professional reasons? We've all done it. And this is what we're talking about. There needs to be the moment to pause. And similar to writing down the thing that you want to say and instead of saying it, 
It's writing the email you want to send. And put it in draft. And put it in draft. And then you go, you wake up the next morning, you look at it, and you're appalled. Yeah. It's just like, why would I puke on the page like that? Yeah. And you know what often happens? I just don't send any don't answer send, at all. Yeah. Well, that's the amazing thing. I think there's almost two stages of the intentional strategy here. One is write the email that you want to write, put it in draft, reread it, make the changes that would make it a wiser email to send strategically, and send. The other would be to just sit back and perhaps say nothing. Well, especially with texts, I notice that sometimes I will write the text. Oh, God, yes. And, you know, they, they see the dot, 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 so oh, they yeah. know you're writing the yeah. text. And then you don't send it, okay? But you don't erase it. You just let it sit there, okay? Then you then you wait and you look back on it and go, I don't want to send that text. Yeah. And you actually erase that. And then you write a different version. I'm telling you how many times I just go, I don't want to answer this text. Yeah. And look, there's, there's nothing I can say. And this is where we have to stop ourselves. We're in a, a messaged routine, a message society that is suggesting Everything needs to be responded to in real time. Right. It's a reactive culture. And we're telling you that it is almost never a problem unless you are truly in a situation in which your boss has told you, I need you to respond to my email right now. But if you're in a kind of back and forth with someone that's gotten volatile or if you're in a conversation that requires a thoughtful response – There is almost never a reason to not pause. I can't tell you how many times a week I think of something that a therapist said to me once years ago, which is there is no growth without learning how to tolerate more pain. No growth. So in this case, it's about tolerating the unknown. It's about tolerating the independence of somebody else to think what they want to think, do what they want to do. You have to be able to tolerate that. Yeah, I learned this recently when um, there were some students at Kellogg who had asked if they could submit anonymous feedback to the course that I was teaching. And my inclination in my less mature life would have been to have said no and micromanaged that feedback because I didn't want to tolerate, well, what if they say this? What if this comes back? The freedom that sometimes comes with tolerating, like, you know what? I, I don't know what you they're going to say. It's, it's, I it's, don't know, it's but that's tolerating okay. And it's recognizing you never were in control in the first place. Right. So the yes, fact we are going to have act- those thoughts no exactly. matter what. Exactly. So acting is often covering up a fact that you're not in control and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And it doesn't help because you're actually not in control. Yeah. So when I'm on a plane and I start and it starts with turbulence, I no longer go up to the pilot's door and knock and go, could you mind if I take over here? Because this is very bumpy. I yeah. just don't do it. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. I know you've had a big learning this year about changing your own behavior in, in meetings. Oh, the oh. well, come on. It's been over the last 
18 months. <laughs> I <laughs> give you more credit I, than that. I used to indulge. I wouldn't say anything. I went from my 20s where I would go, ah, that's bullshit, right, <laughs> to my 30s and 40s where it would be all in my facial expressions, right? Somebody would be talking and I would think what they're saying is not right or stupid or off track. And um, I'm not saying anything, but my face would betray exactly what I thought. Now, I realize, well, first of all, when that happens in a meeting, it is so disruptive, right? And it's so passive aggressive. So I do not let my face betray a thing. It's, how, so how do you do that? So what's the alternative it, so that it's not passive aggressive? I'm, tolera- I'm conscious of the pain involved in tolerating whatever I'm tolerating. It's like not scratching an itch. You just sort of breathe through it. You breathe through it and you recognize that whatever you're doing energetically, people are picking up on. So just fucking stop. Yeah. Well, I, I, I yes. And so I had this experience recently in a meeting where I was making a presentation and the person next to me who had clearly not gone through the same processing that, that you've gone through was making verbal sounds of disagreement <laughs> and disgruntlement with things that I was saying. It was like, like what? huh? <laughs> what? Really? While I was speaking <laughs> and clearly, and because he's a friend and a colleague, but clearly he hadn't even become aware and he must do that all you do? the time. Oh, I stopped him. I wasn't going to be speaking to a large group of people with literally a soundtrack, some, a, a soundtrack next to me of disgruntlement, right? So I, but now maybe in my again less confident life, I would have either ignored it or tolerated it. But this time, I, I just took a humorous approach, and I was like, "Are you really going to make those noises of disagreement with me? I haven't even started." To give the big idea here, I'm like, you can be my hype man if you want. That would be awesome. <laughs> but you can't sit there and be upset. I just started, yeah. right? And I was funny and he was laughing and people were laughing. But I was 100% sure that he wasn't even aware. Well, that's the right? point. I think we're not aware of how once you decide, all right, I'm so mature, I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to pass notes to Suzanne and then start getting hysterically laughing. Like just really you have to breathe through this and recognize that not acting can be painful and it's maturing and you have to tolerate it. Yeah. So here's one of our new segments. It's called Have You Noticed? And this is just an extension of what Rachel and I do all the time, which is basically just talk to each other about stuff that is going on in the culture that we are just obsessing about. Have you noticed, Suzanne, about Uber's – Uber's GPS must be broken, okay? It must be Either that or it's been hacked by Russians. But here's what I've noticed lately. And I've checked this with Uber drivers and they say, oh, you know, I hear that from all kinds of so riders what, what lately. Happens? It's all over the place. So first of all, um, when you get on Uber and you say, this is the address I want you to pick me up at, it then comes up and says, please confirm UberX with a different address. And I go, no, no, no. And so I go back and I put the address I want them to pick me up at and they come back with an address that's like down the street. 
And so you never know. So I go, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to go confirm. And then I call my driver and go, by the way, I'm at this address. And he goes, oh, okay, I can pick you up there. So that happens a lot. The other thing that happens is it says, you know, arriving now. And it shows your car, but yeah. often it shows it spinning or going around the block. <laughs> I'm like, what is he doing? So why do you what think it, that is? I think it's a Jeep. I mean, I had a long talk with an Uber driver last night. This happened last night. And he was like, I think that the GPS, that we've gotten so large that something's off about the GPS. Because it didn't say – he said – he called me and he said, I'm here. And I said, um, I'm looking at this thing and it shows you two blocks away. And he said, I'm right here. And he waved. He was right in front of me. And I'm like, OK. He said, you know, I've heard that before. So have you noticed that? Start noticing that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know where this really comes up, Suzanne, that I've noticed is with my children. And especially because my older daughter now has a baby. And so you you just – I have to shut the fuck up a lot. I have to – I, I – first of all, I cannot swoop in to save them oh, all yeah. the time. These are grown-ass ladies and I can't be swooping in all the time. A, because it's not good for them and B, because they don't want it. And, and you know – and it, 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 if I want what, – what, what, what goal am I going for? I want them to stand on their own two feet, four feet. They have four feet between them and, and grow. Yeah. And if I'm always, first of all, saying the thing I mean, right, you can't – this is the other thing. When your kids are really little, you can get away with saying all kinds of shit yeah. like – you know, don't do that. You can't do that. You know how when your parents do that to you now, like, don't forget to write a thank you note. Oh, I'll go, God. Mom. I know. It's the worst. I, I think I can I think I can do that. The one thing I want to say also about the parenting and holding back and, and, and the analogy here is probably setting something on fire and lighting a fire and the fact that fire needs oxygen in order to, to get lit is – you need to give your kids breathing room, yeah. right? Your children will ultimately take action when they're ready. Absolutely. And in fact, they will often not take the action you want them exactly. to as long as you're bugging them. As long as you are suffocating the right. oxygen and exactly. sucking and it out of the room. And it always feels like a miracle when I haven't mentioned 
ex yes. to my daughter for like six months and then she on her own on is going, own. you know what? I've really had it. I need to do this. Yes. I'm like, look, I did nothing. Well, what I did was shut up. Yeah. Check it out. 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 This is another new segment we love. Check it out. So here's what's on my nightstand. Um, I'm reading Reclaiming Conversation by Sherry Turkle, which was a recommendation from Rachel that was so good that I've now put it on my reading list. So all the 70 students in my class are now going to be reading it, um, which is just great because it is so relevant to be thinking about what happens in a digital age to conversation. So I love that. I am just finishing. I have one more episode of The Americans in the last season. Oh, my so God. You're like a year stop behind. It. No, it just, this was the last season. just started in March. So I'm okay, just but, a couple months behind. Stop it. It is so good. If you haven't watched The Americans, you should be. And finally, um, there's an app called Silver Car, which is so freaking smart. So it's an Amazing. app from that Audi is doing. It's in 23 airports. You can basically rent an Audi. At, at any of these airports, I've they never want heard you it to just Audi. Audi, yes, Audi, um, <laughs> <laughs> Audi, le le, le pan quotidien. <laughs> okay, stop. Um, keep going. That so twenty three airports. They want you to try their new vehicles. So you just go on, you register, and they're in Chicago, they're in Denver, they're in tons of airports, and. It's all via the app, so there. And you, you just drive it away. You drive it away. What do you mean? Where do you park go, it? Go on the Silver Car app. Sign do you have to up. return it to the of airport? Of course, you return just like a normal Hertz rent a car. It's, it works the same way, but instead you're driving an Audi. Wow, D. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's really great. Uh huh. Silver Car app. Okay. Well, um, beat that. Uh, I can't quite beat that. That's very cool. Um, two things. I have just finished the last novel that that is on that that I can read that's in print of this author that I have binged every single book she's written Elizabeth Strout I swear to the lord she is the most underrated writer she is beautiful and all of her novels they've it's almost as if she wrote one magnum opus and then it was shattered in a million pieces into separate novels because you see not exactly the same characters, but every once in a while, a character that was in a previous oh, novel. So cool. real... I love that. She's a beautiful writer. So Elizabeth Strout. And then I've discovered oat milk. And I am not like you, like after every food trend <laughs> and then afterwards claiming you never were on it. Um, <laughs> when I saw oat milk... First of all, I thought for a long it's time a people changer. were asking for goat milk. No, and right. I'm like, it's a game shut changer. the fuck up, Brooklyn, about goat milk. And then my daughter said, um, it's oat milk. It's oat milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let me taste it. And I was afraid it was going to taste like warm breast milk. And it didn't. It <laughs> tasted. You'd know. Uh, I did. I've tasted Lily's breast milk. Oh, no. God, stop <laughs> it. Stop it. It is so delicious. So incredibly delicious. And foamy. And foamy, it does foam in mm-hmm. your in your in cappuccino your foamer. Mm-hmm. Now, I will warn people about this. There comes a moment after two gallons of oat milk where you go, uh, "I can't have this only anymore. I need to now mix it with regular milk." But it has a very particular taste. It's very rich. It's yes. almost like half and half, but it's not. It's very low calorie, high calcium, 
totally vegan, which I am totally not and don't care about. But now I feel like a total millennial when I go into a coffee shop and I go, do you have any oat milk? And I say no. And I go, you really should get some. Check this motherfucker out. So check all that out. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. It matters.